You are listening to Afraid Not Podcast with Jill McCormick and Robin Wall. We believe that our stories matter and make us who we are. Every other week, we invite guests to join us and share their stories. Even though our stories have not, we are not afraid. Our stories are afraid. They are not perfect. We believe that the truth of our mess makes us stronger. We hope that God uses these stories to encourage and strengthen your faith as you trust in Him. Our theme verse is Colossians 1:17, which says, And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together, even our frayed knots. Hello, podcast listeners. I'm Jill McCormick. And I'm Robin Wall. And this is Afraid Not Podcast. Welcome to episode 113 with one of the most precious couples in the entire universe. You are going to love them so much, Wayne and Gloria Yeckley. You guys, like I was crying at the end. It was so, they're so precious. Not be, not necessarily even because, I mean, there were some sad moments, but mostly just because they're so precious and you can feel Jesus in the room with them. Yes, I cannot tell you. They're almost every few minutes there was like a, a moment that I would say, well, this is a good takeaway. And then a few minutes later I think, oh, well, this one, oh, you know, <laughs> the conversation with them is full of wisdom because they have grown in their walk with the Lord their whole lives. And they just so, so genuinely offer what they have. I mean, you all are going to love this conversation. So if you want to hear from a couple that's been together for married for 58 years, they have a lot of wisdom to share. And they're still able to have so much fun and humor together. They're adorable. They were joking all the way in and all the way out the door. They're so cute. So um, everyone just enjoy this episode. Hi, Wayne and Gloria. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. We're so happy you're here. We're just tickled pink. Thank you so much. We've been looking forward to this ever since you said yes. They said yes. Oh my goodness. So Wayne and Gloria, would you tell our listeners a little bit about yourselves, please? Okay, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was born, raised in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm a native and went to high school, worked at First National Bank. I uh, met Wayne through a friend that you know, Ann Smith, introduced it. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. such a fun connection. It is. It is. And uh, you want to... No. You, okay. And, I, and I'm Wayne. I'm also a native of Tulsa. I grew up uh, and went to Rogers High School, went to the University of Tulsa, and, uh, got a master's degree in military science and a master's degree in mechanical engineering, mm-hmm. and spent 50 years working in the oil industry. Been retired for eight years, and uh, that's pretty much my basic story. Uh, Great. So tell us exactly how you met. Yes, I'm excited okay. to hear this. We story. met on a blind date. Mm-hmm. Oh. And Ann Smither introduced us. Not known Ann since she was in the third grade. Oh my god. So we go a long ways back. I just love Daryl and, and Ann. They're the sweetest. We had our first date on February twenty third, nineteen sixty three. We're coming up wow. on the anniversary of that. Yes, well, yes, we are. In fact, well, when this airs, this will air just a few days after that yes. anniversary. How mm-hmm. sweet. I have to say that Anne had a very difficult time getting us to meet. She did? She did. And I said, I'm really not interested in meeting the young man. That's your friend. (laughs) Not at all. And she said, okay. But she came back again and again. And I finally said, Anne, 
I will meet him just to please you and that you will not bring it up anymore. <laughs> now I'm going to go on with the rest of that story. Well, how old were you at the time that this 20, happened? 20, when, when she first introduced us. Okay, was 20. okay. So we did, we go on the date. And uh, from the time I was in the seventh grade, there's one prayer I prayed. God, you choose who I marry. You choose mm -hmm. him. I want a man that knows you and that loves you and that serves you. I was in the seventh, eighth grade, just a, a young girl. And that had been my prayer. So Wayne and I go out on our first date, first time meeting him, talked to him on the phone. And when he brought me home that evening, my mother was waiting. And I said, I want you to know, Mom, I hope that when God brings that husband into my life, it's a man like Wayne Yackley. Oh, just that very first oh, date. Oh. And the thing that impressed me with Wayne from day one was his kindness and his integrity. Mm -hmm. It was just there. He was just different than a lot of other mm -hmm. young college guys. Mm -hmm. So, What did you think of that very first date? What did you think oh, of Gloria? It, it was awesome. <laughs> we, we went bowling, and it was a, a fun time, and I was the same way. Seeing Gloria, I mean, it was like, wow, you know, because I prayed the same thing, and it was like, wow, you know, I really want to get to know her, mm -hmm. and it was interesting. We met in February, and that summer, I went to Houston to work, and I had a cousin there, and I'd been there about two weeks, and I told my cousin, I've met the girl I want to marry. Oh, that's so sweet. And Gloria didn't know that yet. I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. So. Did you have long distance connection for a while? Did you write letters that summer while you were in Texas? We wrote letters. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would call her once a week. Long distance. A long distance. Right. And at that time, you know, it, it was, it was you a had pay, to pay for long distance. So, yeah. listeners that are in the young generation, you may <laughs> not know about this, but there was a day that if you wanted to call someone not in your area code, you had to pay extra. Can you imagine? <laughs> so, yeah. That's you true. would call her once a week. Mm -hmm. I'd call her once a week, and it was always so refreshing to hear her voice. Oh. And just, you know, we couldn't talk very long. Mm-hmm. Because I'd run out of quarters. <laughs> <laughs> Real quarters. You'd have Real to quarters. put the quarters in. <laughs> oh, that's so, so fun. So it, when did it, you ask her to marry you? I had gone to a military camp in the summer. And we were. I was gone for a month on that. And when I came back, I asked her to marry me. Mm-hmm. That's so nice. just a few months then that you dated. Yes. Right? Yeah. That that was late August. That well actually that was August 29th of 1963. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And when was your wedding? August 22nd, 1964. Oh, that is so precious. Coming so, up this summer. Springdale right. Baptist Church. Right, Springdale Baptist Church. So this summer it'll be how many years anniversary? 59. 59. Oh, I love it. So wow. we've actually been married 58 years. Six months, 19 days, and <laughs> about 20 hours. Oh, if only he would be precise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, give or take a few minutes. Give or take. <laughs> oh, I love it. And one thing you have to realize, when we were dating and courting, Wayne was going to school, 
I was working full time. Well, both of us lived with our parents mm -hmm. at home. And you didn't see one another all the time. It's love. not like now with instant. Oh, right. Right, right, right. Oh, so of course. he would call me once a week. We'd go out on Fridays. And uh, that was all the time we spent together. And we would mm -hmm. talk on the phone. He had night classes. So we dated a year. And during that year, we just got to know each other on a slow basis. Mm -hmm. Slow. Isn't it? Today, it is just so instant. You know, I know. That yeah. Me and text and everything. So it was a nice courtship, a very nice courtship. Mm -hmm. So sweet. I would also love to hear the story for each of you individually. How did you come to know the Lord? Yes. I'd love to hear that for mm -hmm. both of you. Okay. For me, I was so blessed. I had a godly mother. She was considered the neighborhood prayer warrior mm -hmm. and the family prayer warrior. My daddy was not a Christian. He was an alcoholic. Mm. But he encouraged her always to take us to church. So we went to church. She taught Sunday school class. And she would do evening children's Bible stories mm -hmm. for my siblings and I. And just uh, as a very young girl, I was just six years old, I came in. It's in the summertime. And I came in the house and I said, Mom, today I want to invite Jesus in my heart. Mm -hmm. Now, I just want to share with listeners how important it is to pray. Mm -hmm. My mother was saved when she was 28. And her prayer was, when I have children, may they come to know Jesus early in their lives. Mm -hmm. That was her prayer. Because I don't want my children to walk into the ways of the world as teenagers mm -hmm. and young adults. Right. Mm -hmm. When I asked and told her I wanted to invite Jesus in my heart, I was six years old. And her first thought, oh, she's so young. The second was the Holy Spirit. She's ready. Mm -hmm. So I invited Jesus into my heart mm -hmm. and went around the neighborhood and told my neighbors. I said, I have invited Jesus in my heart. And what from that... Sweet, sweet and precious story. What? Oh is so amazing. I couldn't have told you at six, but I can tell you now. I was flooded with peace. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, all the days of my life, I have felt his presence and his peace. Even when things are rough, peace. Mm -hmm. Well, as for me, I was actually raised in a Christian home. My mother was church secretary. My dad was a deacon in the church. And when I was approximately five years old, I thought I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. And uh, I was very blessed through the years. I ran around with Christian guys when I was in high school. Great group of guys, you know, never had anything that really did that would upset my parents, hopefully. <laughs> but it was interesting that after Gloria and I got married and we came back to Tulsa after living out of town, I was in a revival service that was conducted by Tom Elliff at, Ooh, at yes. Eastwood. And we know about mm -hmm. wonderful Tom yeah. Elliff. He's such a dear man. Right. Mm -hmm. And he preached a sermon during a revival. And when he gave the invitation, his invitation was this. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Look deep into your heart, and do you see the light of Jesus? I bowed my head, closed my eyes, and God gave me a vision that was a deep, dark, black hole. Oh, wow. And I 
I was shocked because I'd never really doubted my salvation through the years, but I knew based upon that that I was lost. And the response to the invitation was so great that night that I did not do anything because I was a counselor. And the next morning, I can take you to the crack in the sidewalk where I, when I was out running, where I prayed to receive Christ, and he came into my life and saved me. Uh -huh. And about two years later, Tom did another revival service, gave that same invitation, and that time when I bowed my head, closed my eyes, I saw that same hole, and it was filled with light. Oh, wow. And, you know, and, and the neat thing is mm. that, really, I've never had any doubts about my salvation. Mm. Mm. I know for a fact that my salvation is secure in Jesus Christ, and I love that. And one of, one of the things, at the time that I was saved, I was serving as chairman of the deacons. I was teaching a Sunday school class. I was chairman of the budget and finance team. I was an usher. I was a counselor. I was doing all the works you could do, mm -hmm. but yet I was lost as I could be. Mm -hmm. And so, but when you ask, did my life change? Glory can testify to it. Okay. Okay. His, he was the same man, unsaved, wonderful mm -hmm. husband, daddy, man of integrity. You know what the change was? What? It began in his face. Total peace. Mm. And when uh, issues, whether it be work or whatever, would come up, <clears throat> he was able to lay it at the foot of the cross mm -hmm. and have peace. It was the peace. You have no peace if you don't have Jesus, bottom line. Mm. Yeah. That's right. No yeah. Jesus, no peace. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But he had total peace from that moment on. And she's the one that observed the big change. Oh, yeah. But you oh, noticed yes. the feeling. I, I, I knew it. I mean, yeah. I, could, I could tell, like, these things don't bother me like they used to. It's awesome. Yeah. But she could really see it. Mm -hmm. So you just kind of grew up thinking, everybody feels this way. Everybody's going to be bothered by this all the time. It just right. is what it is. And then... Absolutely. Got that change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. And it changed. You know, I wonder if there are some listeners today that might just be thinking to themselves, the, these stories, hearing the moments of salvation, maybe it's just making you as a listener think, do I know for sure? Do I know for sure that I'm saved? And so maybe this is the day that is your your moment to turn to the Lord and, and ask Jesus to come into your heart today. And if you haven't, this is the day. Today. Let today be the day. So, um, Wayne and Gloria, I just love talking to you. You're just <laughs> wonderful. You're just wonderful people. <laughs> so can you tell us a time in your life that things got kind of frayed and knotted? We can. And in fact, I will share something that we shared together. And it was when we were 49 years old and God really stretched us during that year. And, and this is the way that year unfolded. Early in that year, I discovered I had a heart issue. My mother died when I was a senior in high school with heart problems and I had the same condition she did. And so we learned that. And then about six weeks later, our daughter was getting married. And, and that's a great time. Mm -hmm. Yes. But back it up two weeks when she was having her church shower, that Gloria's dad's health had taken a turn for the worst. And during the shower, we got the notice that he had passed away. Oh. And oh so, goodness. you know, that was a, a difficult moment. And then 
our daughter gets married a couple of weeks later, which, which like I said, that was a great moment. Two weeks later, we had two foster children that had been with us for a year, and they were four and five years old, and they were permanently placed in their new adoptive home. Oh, and so you talk about empty nests. Oh. You know, we went from a daughter to foster children to an empty nest. Mm -hmm. And then about another month after that, our lovely little pet dog, which was 14 years old, we had to put her down. Oh, and so there was that loss. And then about a month and a half after that, we had some dear friends that lived in Texas that he was actually my spiritual mentor. Uh, we had been very close with him in Bible study when we lived in Texas. He and his son were flying to Tulsa in a plane that he had built. And they, they were going to spend the night with us on the way to Wisconsin. And their plane crashed at McAllister and both were killed. Oh. And that's one of the hardest things that... And it was the same day they were coming to see you? Yes, oh, yes. Yeah, I had talked to them earlier that morning. Oh. And they they were in that plane crash. Mm. And that was that was one of the hardest things. Uh, it, going through this year, those very stress points, mm -hmm. and then about a month after that, the company that I worked for sold, and I lost my job. All of those losses. Wow. All of those things. Within now. Three months. So all of that happened in three months. Time. Three yes, months time. in about a three-month time period. Oh. And were, were you beginning to call yourself Job? I mean, <laughs> well. <laughs> it really kind of began to feel that way. But I'll tell you what God did. I mean, as we were walking through this time, as I was having my quiet time reading in Leviticus, Leviticus 25 talks about the year of Jubilee. Mm. And that the year of Jubilee, you know, is when they release the slaves, uh, forgive debt, and return the land to the original owner. Mm -hmm. And although Scripture doesn't say it this way, it's like God spoke to me and said, Wayne, the year of Jubilee, that 50th year, is a year of new beginning. Mm -hmm. And I, Gloria and I were 49. Mm-hmm. And it was right after that, when I turned 50 in October, that our daughter told us, you're going to be grandparents. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and oh. at that same time, I started a brand new job. Mm -hmm. And the job, job was a, a neat blessing for the Lord because I worked with a bunch of Christian men. Mm -hmm. and we did Bible studies together. So it was totally a new beginning because mm -hmm. during that 50th year, we had a granddaughter. Mm -hmm. new job and what we saw was God's faithfulness during that time and when we've talked about that we saw God's hand at work in our life we felt his presence mm -hmm. in our life and because of what we were doing we found we could trust his love for us and so it was a tremendous time of growth so we're you know don't praise the Lord for all the events that happened, but we praise the Lord for how he brought us through mm -hmm. that time and sustained us. And he taught us that mm -hmm. we could trust him. Mm -hmm. What he taught us each day, see him in your day, feel him in your day, trust his love in your days. 
see, feel, trust. Those three months going through that, he was with us. Mm-hmm. He was with us. And well, I just needed that today. Um, I needed that today, Gloria. See him in my day. Feel, feel him, him in my day. Trust, and trust his love. Him. Yeah. Trust his love. Every day, Wayne and I pray, Lord, let us yeah. see you. Let us feel you. Let us trust your love for whatever's in this day. Yeah. yeah. I prayed that prayer before I got out of bed in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that. that's a great practice to put into place. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I would like to ask you, are there any <clears throat> other times that you wanted to share with us, with our listeners, about more times, maybe not as a couple, but individually, did you go through any times that you think, I want to share this story of God's faithfulness. Oh, I, I did. Uh, two years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite verses has always been Isaiah 40, 31. When I was diagnosed, that verse was all over me. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now I want to tell you about the eagle only bird created by God that when it's in flight it can lock its powerful wings and when a storm arises that eagle can turn go in towards the storm and it either goes through the storm with those locked powerful wings or it's lifted above the storm either way the eagle gets through the storm Hmm. so I said Lord I'm going to lock my spiritual wings into you and go through the storm. Mm-hmm. I did. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful word picture that the eagle yeah. goes through the storm. And that specific verse, the Bible is so powerful. Yes. That's not just a coincidental choice of words. God's word right. is living and active. And yeah. the fact that we can see in scripture the eagle. Tell us again exactly what does it say, Isaiah 40, 31. Okay, that those that wait upon the Lord uh, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings of an eagle. Mm -hmm. Run, not be weary. Walk and not faint. So powerful. So powerful. That is. So powerful. Yeah, and you, praise the Lord, you're on the other side of your cancer. Went through the storm. Praise God. So, so did you have to go through through radiation and chemo? Everything. No. Surgery, radiation, or surgery, Ke- chemo. Surgery and chemo. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she was a trooper during that time, let uh, me tell well, you. Well, God gets you through. That's right. And and, and I, I bet God used you, Gloria, in your nurses' lives and in your doctors' lives and in the people that came in your hospital room. I bet that the joy of the Lord was all over your face, even even in the storm. In the storm. He's even there. in the He's storm. There. Absolutely. When when we would go to the infusion center, it was amazing to watch Gloria during that time. Gloria's spiritual gift is an encourager, mm-hmm. exhortation. And for the way that she would interact with the nurses and the techs that were there mm-hmm. was just phenomenal. I mean, Gloria and I both felt when we were there, the ministry. it was a spiritual experience. Like it, a divine it, it was appointment. almost like a time of worship. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And because God would place people in our lives mm-hmm. that, I mean, talk about a great opportunity to pray for people mm-hmm. when they're sitting in the cancer center mm-hmm. taking an infusion mm-hmm. to be able to pray with them. Mm-hmm. 
He's awesome. And God, God used Gloria's life during that time. Yeah, and they encouraged me. I mean, it was it was it was awesome. I always look forward to it, going to infusion because God well, would already have the people that we were going to interact mm-hmm. with, and nobody ever turns you down in prayer in mm-hmm. a cancer center. Okay. Yes. No one. Yeah. And you, and you can share with them. You know. Yeah, because you're sitting there for quite a while, so yeah. you have time to kind of get to know the people mm-hmm. around you. Yeah, I've been with some friends when they've mm-hmm. had to go through that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what about you? Well, I had an experience about four years ago where I had open heart surgery. And it was an emergency open heart surgery. It was not planned mm. that they said, I went in for an angiogram and they said, we cannot do anything. We're taking Wayne into surgery immediately. That there is, we do not have any time to waste. And, and so that was unexpected. But I have to tell you that my lovely wife, the encourager. As I, I remember this, as I was being wheeled into surgery, she looked at me and said, Wayne, this is your day. She said, you're going to win no matter the outcome mm-hmm. because you come through this successfully, you get to go home with me. <laughs> and if you don't, you get to go home to be with Jesus. You're going to win either way. That's right. It was a win-win. Wow. And, you know, you, you think about going into that type of emergency surgery, but to hear those kind of words from that person you love to encourage your heart, I mean, yes. she did. And then as I went through the recovery process, she was there giving those encouraging words. So, mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, I'm just wiping tears. I know, me too. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have any Kleenexes. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think of Paul, though, saying to live as Christ and to die as game. Like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Right, it is. I, I noticed one of the things that you said as we were just getting going um, in the year that was so hard, the year before your year of Jubilee, that you had had two children with you for a year. Did you have other children? Did you foster often? Mm-hmm. Tell yes. us a little bit about that. I'm sure that was filled with all kinds of emotional, um, wonderful blessings mm-hmm. and hard times. Mm-hmm. All I, I tell you, it was the, it was wonderful. I think we had a total of six different foster children at different times mm-hmm. in our home, and we learned as much through, through them mm-hmm. as they did through us, but. Uh, it was challenging, but Wayne and I, God called us for a season to do that. Again, we live in seasons, ladies. We live in seasons. And you do got to know your season, okay? We would have adopted those two if we had not been going on 50 years old. They <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't let us, but listen, we love them. We loved all of our foster children, love them. And Wayne and I said, we're like a bridge, a bridge. Over here is their past. And they're coming out of terrible, terrible circumstances. Yes. And they're coming across the bridge to their future. So we felt like we were the bridge that they could stomp on, they could uh, cry on, they could uh, be depressed on. We were a strong bridge for them coming out of the past and going into their future. Mm-hmm. We had teenagers, we had a young adult woman who had a baby, and then we had little children. We had two sets of brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. 
and it was an awesome time. I would do it again, absolutely. But people have talked about when you have foster children, doesn't that tear you up emotionally? And the answer to that is yes, it does, because you you fall in love with these kids. Of course, and, they become. But the yours. vision that God gave Gloria and I is that our heart, basically, our hearts were like that bridge, mm -hmm. and that bridge gets trampled on. Mm -hmm. And when you have to give up those children, that you thank the Lord for the season that you've had with them, but they're still that love that you had mm -hmm. for them. Mm -hmm. And and so your heart hurts when they leave. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we uh, had that four and five year old leave, our <laughs> entire neighborhood gathered around us in the street and we all cried together. Oh, and it was right before the wedding of your daughter, right? Well, right after, right right after. after. But yeah. they were in the wedding. They were both oh, in the wedding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. but it was a good thing because the couple that adopted them are wonderful Christians. Been married 16 years, no children. Mm -hmm. The children are so blessed. Mm -hmm. So so you look, here's what I want to say to anybody. The only thing in this world you hang on to is Jesus Christ 24-7. Mm. You don't hang on to your husband. You don't hang on to your children or anybody else that you love. Your hands are open because they belong to the Lord and so do you. You hang on to Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So that made it easier to open our hands. And say, Lord, thank you for the opportunity. Yes. And thank you for where you're taking him. You know, yeah. not, not hanging on. Yeah, so did you like get to one. keep up with all of them? We did, did for a while. Did then, for a while. And eventually, you, they have their life. You know, mm -hmm. sure. they move on. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you and want that. Like you said, it's really wise to consider the seasons. Yeah. To consider the season that I am in, if I recognize God's purpose for me in it. I can more readily do what he has for me. But if I'm confused, if I'm thinking, but I'm still in that season, or I want the one that's coming, and I, right. I, I'm thinking about what's ahead, and I don't want to be right in this one, we can miss the what God has in the day, with this day, this that's week. Right. That's right. And that's really good. Know your season. Yeah. And, yeah. and you act in your season. You move forward mm -hmm. in your season and, and embrace them. Mm -hmm. you know? that, I, that's why Jeremiah 29, 11 is so special to me. You know, I know the plans that I have mm -hmm. for you. They're good, not evil, give you a future and a hope. And as we transition out of one season, a lot of times that's hard. I hate to leave that season behind because it's been so good. Yes. But then when you look at that passage and says, okay, I'm giving you a future. Mm -hmm. And so the next season that you move into, mm -hmm. you can thank the Lord for, even though you can't see exactly what's going to be happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know that God is in control of it. Mm -hmm. and, that, and for that, you can praise Him. Mm -hmm. That's right. You never fear your next season. You walk with God one step at a time. You don't run ahead of Him in anxiety, and you don't linger behind Him in fear. Hmm. Now you understand why I feel so blessed having a wife. Like <laughs> well, I know. I mean, you you are very blessed to have oh, ab Gloria absolutely. as your wife. <laughs> one, one of the things that I've learned through our years of being married, like E.F. Hutton, when Gloria speaks, I listen to her. <laughs> E.F. Hutton. 
I'm going to get that in writing. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people that are listening might think, oh my goodness, I am hoping and longing that I will be having a happy 58 year and beyond marriage, just like Wayne and Gloria. So what would your advice be to a young couple that's just on the very, you know, maybe they're engaged or maybe they're just mm -hmm. in that very first year of marriage as you look back over your shoulder and I'm sure you've had lots of funny moments and lessons you've learned along the way, but what are some wise things to put into practice for a marriage that's centered on the Lord? Like how, what, what should we do? Can I share something that, that you don't do? Okay. Yes. What do you with? don't do? <laughs> when, when, in our first year of marriage, Gloria asked me, she was going to work. Do I have enough gas to get to work? And I said, yes. And so she goes to work. I'm still in school, so I go to school and then go to my part-time job. And I get home, and usually by the time I get home, she's home from work and has started dinner. And so this particular day, I come in, and she's home, and I look and say, you haven't started dinner yet. Oh. How come? <laughs> and she said... All the women just went, oh. <laughs> she said... <laughs> I ran out of gas on the way home. I thought you told me I had enough gas to get to work. To which my 22-year-old wisdom, I answered, yes, you had enough <laughs> gas to get to work. That's the question you asked. You didn't ask if you had enough to get home. <laughs> so that's not the way you start, let me tell you. But I will tell you, since that time, Gloria's never had to put gas in her car. <laughs> Oh, so you put gas in her I car? Put, I make sure she's got gas in her yeah. car now. Oh. Every week he'll say, I'm going to check your car and I'll put gas in it. It's 58 <laughs> years, okay? Oh. Now, I can put gasoline in my car. He does it, and I think, it's okay. He wants to do this. That's so sweet. Chris takes care of me with my gas. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yes. I always have enough to yes. get home, and we go now. Okay, <laughs> then you can share from a serious note. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I would share with any couple that, you know, again, Jesus first. Love him first. Mm -hmm. Above your husband your, mm -hmm. or your wife, your spouse. Second, love your spouse. And uh, when you have children, do not put them above your spouse. Mm -hmm. Do not worship your children. Your husband or, or your wife is number one under Jesus. And that uh, another thing, uh, I would tell any couple, you know, you pray together. You share, no, have no, no secrets. Right. Do you understand mm -hmm. that? No right. secrets. You are transparent with your spouse at all times. You can do a surprise. Because the surprise right. is revealed in the right time. So that's, Wayne and I have always been transparent. There's a oneness. Our hearts are one. He knows everything about me, good, bad, and ugly. It's all good, okay? <laughs> yeah. Of course. So, no, no secrets. Never. Right. Never. One of the things that we've made a practice of is that when we're facing a decision, whether it be whatever, financial or anything like that, that we always discuss those together. 
And, you know, the, the neat thing is that Gloria is my helpmate. And she sees things from a different perspective than I do. I need her wisdom. I need her discernment. And together, we make those decisions. Mm -hmm. And that's just something that we mm -hmm. committed to when we were first married. And for the guys listening, Ephesians 5.26 is, is the verse that I think all of us men should take heart. And it says... Love your wife as Christ loved the church mm. and gave himself for it. And when you read the word love there, that's agape. Mm. Agape love, which is a self-sacrificing love. And so as I love Gloria, I'm to put her like on a pedestal and raise her up and love her and put everything else behind me make her other than Jesus make her my number one love in life mm -hmm. and to honor her and I had a great role model in the father mm -hmm. because my dad did that for my mom mm -hmm. and I remember seeing my dad there was never a time when my mom and dad were together that she had to open the car door mm -hmm. and I do that for Gloria there was never a time when I watched my mom and dad walk down a sidewalk that he wasn't on the proper side of her for her protector and so what a great role model my dad left for me. Mm -hmm. And so for young men out there, treasure that wife, you know, love that wife as Christ loved the church. And that means giving of yourself. Beautiful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. There's so much wisdom in this. It's so. a treasure chest. <laughs> we have all these treasures that are just nuggets of wisdom. Wow. Thank you for the time you spent with us today. And I am especially grateful thinking back to 2012 when our family was praying about whether the Lord was going to call us or not to mm -hmm. First Baptist Church Owasso. And our hearts were being drawn towards moving. And we were just seeking the Lord. And, and Gloria, thank you for being a part of the mm -hmm. pastor search team. My that, that prayed so earnestly together yeah. and diligently together for a year or yeah. I don't know how many months. Oh, it was a long time. Yes. A long time. And you were a part of that team. Yeah. And, and then once our family moved here, you spent time with me and prayed with me. And I am grateful for all my days for those times that you poured into me and encouraged me mm -hmm. and were a sounding board of wise advice to follow Jesus and walk in his word. And thank you for all the things you've done for me. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, ladies. Thank you both. Yeah. Yes. We are grateful for you. Yeah. Thank, yeah, thank you. So did we do it? Did we, did we wrap it? <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> thank you for being with us today to hear this conversation with Wayne and Gloria Yeckley. And we... As we wrapped up today, we had a few little notes that as we were concluding the conversation, Gloria said, oh, make sure to tell them that the best advice is to make sure every day, every day you tell each other, I love you. Don't let a day go by. And she also said a very wise word that a wise wife will never 
criticize her husband to another woman. Never. That she'll go to the, the Lord in prayer for her husband, but she won't go um, and publicly or even with just one-on-one -on -one with another woman criticize her husband. Good words. They both said to always speak each other up to the other people and mm -hmm. never speak down to them about mm -hmm. them. Um, Wayne also said he wanted to say to the men that to your wife, you should always say as you wish. <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who have never seen Princess Bride, you must rent it today. Today is the day. Watch Princess Bride. <laughs> we are so thankful for Wayne and Gloria for coming today and sharing their story. And we hope you enjoyed it. We will be back again in a couple weeks with a new episode. And again, happy Valentine's this month. We hope you have a great day and we'll be back with you in two weeks.